and open with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. Be reminded that the month of May is a month of favor impact. Favor impact is our annual encounter where God releases his favor upon us that guarantees supernatural turnaround. Begin to prepare yourself for that encounter. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, we are reading verse 11. I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happened to them all. I read from the Living Bible for a clearer understanding. Again, I looked throughout the whole earth. And saw so that the swiftest person does not always win the race. Nor the strongest man the battle. And that wise men are often poor. And skillful men are not necessarily famous. But it's all by chance. By happening to be at the right place at the right time. From tonight, you'll be at the right place at the right time. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, bless your word tonight in Jesus' name. Please be seated. Maximizing opportunities for your financial prosperity, part two. We saw clearly from the teachings last Wednesday, that one major way you access financial fortune, financial blessing, wealth, is taking advantage or maximizing opportunities that God brings across your way. And we also saw clearly from scripture that opportunities are always coming towards us every day. Before you came into this service right now, you have seen several opportunities. While we are coming here, opportunities are coming towards you. While you are in the service here, rather, the word you are hearing right now is an opportunity for your change your story. So opportunities are always coming our way for our supernatural prosperity, our supernatural turnaround, our supernatural breakthrough. Quickly, because of those who are just joining us today and to refresh our memory, what is opportunity? Opportunity is a discovered avenue for profiting. What is opportunities? It is locating what will work and making it to work. Locating what will work and making it to work. What is opportunity? Opportunity is taking advantage of situation by the gift of God in your life, you take advantage of situations, 
you maximize situations that comes your way, engaging the gift of God to profit with her. And it's always coming towards every one of us. And that is one major way you experience supernatural breakthrough. That is one major way you experience financial turnaround. That is one major way you prosper. Like we saw from the account we just read right now, prosperity does not come by hard work. Hard work is good. You must work very hard. I believe so much in hard work. But if you don't know how to take advantage of opportunities God brings across your way, you may miss the blessing of prosperity or miss the blessing of breakthrough in any area of life. All through scripture, men who knew how to take advantage of opportunity were going to prosper. We see from scripture how Joseph took advantage of the opportunity to interpret the dream of Pharaoh. First, in the prison, interpreted the dream of the chief butler and the chief baker. And with that opportunity, he landed in the palace to interpret the dream of the king. And then suddenly, he began to control the whole world of the greatest nation in his time. We saw how Esther took advantage of opportunity in the strange land. Even though he was a captive, he could have limited himself. I said, I said, no, I'm not wanted here. But she took advantage of the opportunity to be exposed. And then suddenly, she landed in the palace as a queen, the first lady, as a captive, as a slave in a strange land. In Luke chapter 5, from verse 1, we see Peter seeing Jesus struggling to preach the word to a massive crowd. And there was no place for him to stand or no, no pulpit to use no stage. And then Jesus, I mean Peter, took advantage of the opportunity and offered Jesus his boat. Jesus preaching with his boat and when he finished, he said, Peter, now it is time for you to be blessed. And then launch unto the deep for a drought, for a great catch. And by engaging and maximizing the opportunity, they need his soul. Venturing to it, Peter became a man of supernatural breakthrough overnight. What he couldn't catch over throughout the night, he caught it in one catch. His business had a jump, had a leap, just by taking advantage of opportunity. Opportunity is always coming your way day and night. In the name of Jesus Christ, grace to recognize opportunity and grace to maximize it. Receive it in Jesus' name. Nehemiah was a cup bearer in the king's palace. An ordinary slave, an ordinary servant in the king's palace. But saw a need in the land. He was not a priest. He was not a leader in Israel. He was not a Jewish leader. But when he saw that the, the wall of Jerusalem was broken down. And the city was burnt down. He took it upon himself to pray and to fast for the land. And in doing that, he secured favor. That moved him from being a cup bearer to being the governor of the nation just by taking advantage of opportunities. So, all through scripture from Genesis to Revelation, everyone you see that prospered and excelled knew how to maximize. They located opportunity and they maximized opportunity, and then they began to work in financial wonders. It is your turn to maximize opportunity in Jesus' name. I mean, many of us see opportunity, but we cannot identify it because 
like someone said, opportunity is always coming towards you. But because it is dressed in overall, it's not always attractive. Many people see opportunity coming to them, knocking at their, their door. It's not attractive. It doesn't look beautiful. does not look like what will land due to financial prosperity. Many miss it because of that. Opportunity will never come wearing the kind of clothes I'm wearing to invite you. No. Many times, it will come into overall. It will come very dirty. It will come very smelling, looking unattractive. But if you're able to recognize it and take advantage of it, you land yourself into supernatural breakthrough. Please understand, there is no shortcut to prosperity. No shortcut. No shortcut to prosperity. No shortcut to breakthrough. There are steps you must take to access your financial increase in this kingdom. There are, your input is what determines your output. Unfortunately, many Christians are looking for shortcut without knowing, especially when they pray. They believe that by praying, by fasting, by claiming, by possessing the word through scripture, they will prosper. No, there are certain steps. Prosperity is a step. There is a path you must go through. You take certain steps to get there. Genesis chapter 17 verse 1. God said to Abraham, he said, I'm the almighty, walk before me without perfect. Walk before me. So it's a walk. It's a journey. You must embark upon. Everyone that prospered in scripture, engage opportunity. I mean, we are told in scripture, Romans chapter 9 verse 16, it says, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showed mercy, that showed mercy, shows mercy, and you recognize the mercy, and you take advantage of the mercy. I mean, look at it here, everybody. Whether you know it or not, favor is always coming to you every day. Open door is always coming to you every day. Help is always coming to you every day. But many times, it does not come announcing itself that I'm help. It does not come announcing itself that I'm, I'm divine favor. And so many people miss the opportunity to be blessed. But you will never miss that again in Jesus' name. Quickly, how do I locate opportunity? Just a little recap. One, you search for it. You search for it. You go looking for it. We saw the four lepers doing that in 2 Kings chapter 7. They went looking for opportunity. And what happened? They, disc they, 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 they found fortune. They went looking for opportunity. They found fortune. Their destiny took a new, a new turn in 2 Kings chapter 7 from verse 3 to 9. You look for where you know. Where, I mean, look for what and what you can do with your gift that God has given to you, where it can function, maximize it there, and then your destiny will open up. Don't wait for it to come towards you. Go and look for it. Go and look for it. Go and search for it. It's there all around you. It's there all around you. Go look for it. Number two, you create it. In case you have searched around, you can't find it, you create it yourself. You create it yourself. Engage in creative thinking. We saw the, I mean, the paralytic man with his friend that came bringing him to Jesus in Mark chapter 2 from verse 1 to 12. When they came and they saw that the place was fully packed, they, went, they, were, they were creative enough to go on top of the roof, tore the roof open, and then left down their friend. So be creative. Be creative. Engage your creative thinking. And then before you know it, you're assuming opportunity. Number three. Catch opportunities. Seize opportunities when they come your way. Sweep them. I mean, seize them. Catch them as soon as you see them coming. David went to 
the battlefront, not to go and fight. He didn't prepare to fight Goliath. He went to there to give them food. He went there to deliver food to the brethren. But when he got there, he saw Goliath. Everybody was running back. They were afraid of Goliath. But David saw an opportunity in Goliath that if I can bring down the head of this man, I will ascend it through. Others were so afraid that they didn't see Goliath as a blessing. I'd like you to know that every challenge you go through in life is an opportunity for your lifting. Every problem that comes your way is the back door to your success. Is the back door to your financial increase. Is the back door to your financial breakthrough. You just need to know how to maximize it. Satan will make sure that he paints a wrong picture of the problem to you, the challenge to you, and before you know it, you are down, you are depressed, you are discouraged, but I can tell you something, if you open your eyes well and follow what I'll be sharing with you tonight, that problem will eventually become your advantage. What the enemy meant for evil will become for good for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, he said what the devil taught for evil, God meant it for good. You must understand that. Romans chapter 8 verse 28, he said, for we know that all things work together for good. For those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. There is nothing happening to you that is accidental. There is nothing happening to you that God has not ordained for your lifting. Don't ever look down on your problem. Take advantage of them. They are opportunities staring at you for your financial or your marital breakthrough. Somebody say, living a amen. So, David seized that opportunity, brought down the head of Goliath, and then suddenly, he became the king of Israel. And up to tomorrow, he remained one of the most celebrated kings in Israel. He took advantage of opportunity. Is somebody hearing me right now? I see you taking advantage of every opportunity God is bringing across your way from today in the name of Jesus Christ. In Song of Solomon chapter 5, from verse 2 to 8, I'd like us to read quickly. Song of Solomon chapter 5 from verse 2. Her lover came. That's, that's illustrative of opportunity. Opportunity came knocking at the door of this precious lady. Is somebody hearing me right now? But she didn't recognize opportunity. She said, look, I have already removed my clothes. I'm already I'm set to sleep. I cannot go open the door for anybody any longer. And lost that major opportunity that will transform her life forever. Now look at it here. I sleep, but my heart wicked. It is the voice of my beloved that knocked. That's opportunity. Opportunity is always knocking. That knock is saying, open to me, my sister, my love, my door, my undefiled. For my head is filled with dew, and my locks with the drops of the night. The next verse, verse 3, he said, I have put up my coat. How shall I put it on again? I have washed my feet. How shall I defy them? They look at verse 4 quickly. My beloved put in his hand by the hole of the door, and my bow was removed for him. But she didn't do anything. Look at verse 5. By the time she rose up, his beloved has gone. He said, I rose up to open to my beloved, and my hands draw with mire, and my fingers with sweet smelling mire, upon the hands of the Lord. Verse 6, I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself. May opportunity not withdraw themselves from you in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, but my beloved had withdrawn himself, and was gone. Ah, that's opportunity gone. 
My soul failed when I speak. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. May you not miss opportunity again from today in the name of Jesus Christ. Look at it, verse 7. He said, the watchmen that went about the city found me. They smote me. That's what happened. You get into more problem, more difficulty, when you miss out opportunity, opportunity that God has sent to you. They smote him. They smote her. They wounded me. The keepers of the walls took away my veil from me. And in verse 8, he said, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, that you tell him that I'm sick of law. When you miss out of opportunity, you find yourself in misfortune. Every time you walk out of opportunity, you walk into misfortune. That's what happened to this woman. That will not be your testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. You must learn how to catch opportunity. Seize them. No matter how they look, recognize them. See everything that comes your way as your opportunity for your life-changing encounter. How do I position myself for opportunities? One, self-development. We saw that last week. Self-development. Keep developing yourself. The better you are, the more opportunities come your way. The better you are in your profession, the better you are with your gift, the better you are with what God has put into your life, the more opportunity comes your way. When you are good as a mechanic, for instance, I mean, you don't need to even pray. We have unbelievers who are just mechanical engineers or who repair vehicles, but because they are good, they don't even know how to pray. You see people moving, moving, I mean, bringing cars to them, bringing cars to them for repair because they are good. Be good at what you are doing. And I can tell you something, more opportunities will come your way. Matthew 25, verse 21 and verse 23. He said, well done, thou good. You must be good. Thou good and faithful servant. Always improve on yourself. Always build up on your, yourself. Keep improving. Don't stay where you have always been. Stop fighting people that they are not helping you. I mean, they are not exposing you. They are not coming to you. Or you even get angry with God. No, 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 no. What you need to do is to better yourself. Improve yourself. Get better. I can tell you something. More doors shall be opened for you. Number two. Be sensitive to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is always guiding you. That's why this is given to you. He will guide you to where you should be at the right time to meet the right person for your change of story. He guides you there, supernaturally. You must be sensitive. The Holy Ghost is given to you to guide you aright. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In John chapter 16, verse 13, he said, When the Spirit of God comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. Chapter 8, chapter 9, sorry, our anchor scripture, verse 11. Chapter 9. Chapter 9, verse 11 of Ecclesiastes, our anchor scripture. When he has said everything, he said, I return and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift. The battle does not go to the strong. Bread does not go to those who are wise. Riches does not go to men of understanding. Favor does not go to men of skill. But time and chance happen to them all. That's what time and chance means. You collide with breakthrough. You are just at the right place. At the right time. To meet the right blessing. In the name of Jesus Christ. From today. You will always be at the right place. At the right time. Somebody say louder. Amen to that. Somebody say louder, amen to that. What the Holy Ghost does for you is to lead you to the right place where you should be. 
at the right time. You just get there and then the blessing is waiting for you. You are not waiting for the blessing. The blessing is waiting for you. You are not waiting for the breakthrough. The breakthrough is waiting for you. You are not waiting for the turnaround. The turnaround is waiting for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, from today, you will never take any wrong step again. I said you will never take any wrong step again. I said you will never take any wrong step again. That's it. You collide. You collide with your breakthrough. You are just there at the right time because you are sensitive to divine guidance. You are sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Genesis 26, we see that with Isaac from verse 1, from verse 1 to 6, God told him where to stay and he remained there. And because he remained there, he had exceptional breakthrough, exceptional blessing. Philip, in Acts chapter 8, from verse 26 to 29, we also saw him colliding with breakthrough there. I mean, listen, God led him to the right place at the right time. And then suddenly, because of that, through Philip, the Ethiopian eunuch was won to Christ. And just winning that one man, Ethiopian eunuch, means winning the whole nation of Ethiopia. That man had the key to the wealth of it, it, I mean, Ethiopia. And Philip being at the right place at the right time, hit the jackpot of life. Somebody today, that one person that will make all the difference in your life, after this service, you will encounter that person. Yeah. If that prayer is meant for you, let your amen be louder. Yeah. I'll never forget the story my wife told me about herself. When she was going to serve, she was posted to serve in Sokoto State. And then, uh, you know, on her way to Sokoto State to serve, um, she was in a car, in, a, in a, uh, the commercial car that was taking them to Sokoto. And these northern drivers, everywhere they get to, they must stop their vehicle to pray. You know, Muslims are very committed. They are dedicated. They are more dedicated than most of us. They are more dedicated than us. Very dedicated. So when it's time for them to pray, whoever is in the car, you must follow their instruction. They will park the vehicle. And they will look for under the tree and pray. I've been in, their, in those vehicles before, several years back. They will park their vehicle and pray. So everybody must be subject to their dedication. Whether you are a Christian or you are not a Christian. I want you to have that kind of dedication. And you see God blessing you mightily. Is somebody hearing me right now? And so they got to a place and while they were praying there, she said she needed to uh, use the toilet somewhere. And then because of what they were wearing, you know, as a copper, you'll be wearing this copper trouser. Uh, this uh, khaki you are wearing. Somebody saw her that she was struggling with what she was wearing. One of the ladies there, and then I think gave her a cloth, a wrapper to use. And when she used that wrapper, they became friends right there in the vehicle. And that was a woman that introduced her to where she started working when she finished service. All right? That changed her life forever. It was that woman who told her, I mean, you are coming back to Lagos and then gave her a name of somebody in Lagos that opened her business to her, that turned her around, that she became a director there. Her life took a new turn. Being at the right place at the right time, meeting the right person. It will happen to somebody after this service. Yeah. That image should be louder than that. Yeah. In 1986, my uncle was very angry with me. That's why I said, every negative situation is for your good. You must learn how to see that way. When you see it that way, you will never be depressed in life. Not just that. You will be able to take advantage of every, take advantage of every, every problem and use them for your good. 
Use them for your good. You know what happened? I mean, my uncle got angry with me because I was very rascal and radical and then sent me back home uh, early in the morning. I'm sure you have the testimony already. Early in the morning, sent me back home. As soon as I arrived in my town, my mother said, I've been looking for somebody that will go to Zaria for me. I'm going to send you there. So I arrived today, the following day. My mother sent me to Zaria. She sent me to go and collect money for my senior sister. When I arrived in Zaria, my sister did not have the money that I wanted that she should collect at that time. So I had to wait for her to collect salary. Now, it was in waiting for her in 1986 that I went to church and I got born again. Being at the right time, at the right place, and I met Jesus in 1986. I didn't return home again. I remained there. I left all my things back in town, and I started living in Zaria from that day. Is somebody hearing me right now? I started growing. I took advantage of the opportunity, and it turned my whole life around. That's why today, the north is always special in my heart because of that encounter. Listen to me. Every problem that comes your way is your back door to success. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Don't murmur. Don't complain. Something good is about to come out of it. Is somebody hearing right now? Jesus speaking, he said, we must need go through Samaria. You must go through it to get to where you are going. That's very key. So, always make sure that you commit to the leading and to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Number three, be committed to kingdom service. Be committed to kingdom service. That is one major way to position yourself for opportunity. Be committed to kingdom service. Don't do eye service. It will never take you anywhere. Don't serve because of anybody. Serve God. Is somebody hearing me right now? As you are serving faithfully, you find out that somehow you will collide with opportunity for your breakthrough. We see from scripture, Elijah was serving when God called him through Elijah. Moses was serving when God called him and then turned his life around. So, most opportunity for your transformation comes your way when you are committed to kingdom service. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. All these things shall be added unto you. Chapter 27 of Proverbs, verse 18. Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the, the food thereof. And he that waited on his master shall be honored. Anyone that is committed to his kingdom service, God's word says, he shall be honored. John chapter 4 from verse 34. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish it. And then in verse 35, he said, don't say that I yet four months. Don't say that. The opportunity is there looking at you right now. Don't say there are yet four months and then come at harvest. No. Don't ever postpone your commitment. Don't ever postpone your service. The opportunity is there for you today. He said, behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the field. For they are white already to harvest. And then verse 36, he that repeat receiveth wages. So as you take advantage of kingdom service, kingdom opportunities, what happens is, is you turn around your life supernaturally without even knowing. How did I get to America? 
I got to America by kingdom service. Some men came, some people came to our church back in the morning many years back, and uh, I was a protocol officer. Like many of you are protocol officers, you better be committed. They may not reward you where you are well, in, the, in the church. Nobody may say, well done. But God is looking at what you are doing. I was a protocol officer and very committed. I mean, you should know me by now. Anything I do, I do with all my heart and life. The same way you see me committed now as a pastor. That's the same way I was committed as a protocol officer. I served this man, they call his name Apostle Josims. And I was not serving because he was an American. No. That's me, naturally. Carried him everywhere he wanted to go, took him everywhere, not just that. I would, until he slept, I would not sleep. Serving him throughout the night. The man kept looking at me. I didn't know he was wondering, including the wife. They were old men, they were well over 60 at that time. They were looking at me. What kind of person is this? And you know what? When he was about to leave Nigeria, I brought him to Lagos here, took him to the international airport, and then when he got to the airport, I was entering the departure. He looked at me and said to me, uh, young man, I've never seen a man serving God like you. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen a man serving God like you. That's what he said. He gave me his photograph. I said, please be praying for me. And then you know what he did? Before he left the city of Belorin, God gave him a prophetic word concerning me. He called me out to the church while everybody was in a major convention and said they should bring water. That's the first time it happened to me. They brought water and they was washing my hand, washing my hand inside the water I, because it's an apostle and a prophet at the same time. And he was prophesying to my life. And they said something I will never forget. Father, the honor you have put on my life, put it on his life. Is somebody hearing me right now? Now, when we got to Lagos here, the man asked me, do you want to come to America to pastor? I said, no. Okay, do you want to visit? I said, yes. He said, okay. He got to America, and he wrote a letter to me to come to America. When I went to the American embassy, they denied me of the visa. They wrote back to the American embassy and told them they must give me visa by force. <laughs> you see, when you serve, you don't know what you are doing for yourself. And then... Because of that letter, because the man is a community man. He's a major man in the city of Riverside, California. I didn't know that. And then the visa was given. I landed in the city of California. They came to receive me powerfully at the airport with entourage. And then the man opened up his ministry and his family to me immediately. Is somebody hearing me right now? Lodged me one of the most expensive hotel Marriott in, in America. Lodged me there. And then not just that, when I was coming, blessed me with the dollars. Is somebody hearing me right now? This was just a Sabbath. Cleaning table, cleaning chair, carrying somebody around, make standing by the altar like some of you are standing by the altar. I was not doing it to be seen. I was just serving my God. So kingdom service will position you for opportunities that will change your story forever. So maximize your kingdom service. Don't do eye service. Don't be there today, tomorrow you are not there. Be there all the time. I'm glad to let you know that in 32 years today, I've never been out of church once in 32 years. So it's not because he's a pastor. They say he's a pastor. That's why he's always in church. No. Before I ever became a pastor, you don't look for me in the church. No, you don't look for me. If nobody will come to any service, I will be there. Is somebody hearing me right now? I mean, the whole of the semester in my university, I didn't attend one class, one, 
because the course was clashing with midweek service Wednesday. And I said, how can I be in the class in the school, be receiving lecture, and there'll be church class also? I stabbed that class for the whole semester to be in the house of God. You can't be committed to kingdom service and not come in contact with opportunity that will change your story forever. You know what? By that commitment, my lecturers in university became my friends. Amen. One of them one day saw me and said, oh, came to our church like this and saw me. I said, you're my ECN 301 lecturer. I said, oh, wonderful. He was so excited to see me and he told me that that course had passed it through. I passed the course without writing the exam. Number four, be observant. Be observant. Be observant. Make sure you are always observing. Your eyes are open. Somebody says, eyes that look are many, but eyes that see are very few. Eyes that look are many. Many of you are looking at me, but not everybody is seeing what I'm saying. Eyes that see are many, but eyes... Eyes that look at many, but eyes that see are few. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 and 15. He said, lift up your eyes from the place where you are today. Northward, southward, eastward, westward. As far as your eyes can see, I've given it to you. Nigeria is so blessed. We are so blessed in this nation that there is no reason why any Nigeria should be poor. No. There is no reason why anybody should be thinking of relocating. No. I told you a story last week, Wednesday. When one of the men I met in London is a Syrian, he asked about the population of this nation, and I told him, I said, we are close to 200 million. He said, ah! He said, that's money. I said, what do you mean? He said, anything you sell, we, we, we sell. Anything you, you put out, we sell there. And there are people here who are not seeing that opportunity at all. They are not seeing that opportunity. That they can succeed here, they are not seeing that opportunity. That you can sell anything that people want, and you will succeed. I pray today that your eyes be open in the name of Jesus Christ. Psalm 119 verse 18. He said, open down my eyes that I may see. That I may behold wondrous things out of your commandment. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10 to 12. He said, what do you see? He said, I see a road like an almond tree. He said, I will hasten over my word to perform it. It is what you see that God gives you. Number four, be prayerful. Be prayerful. How do I position myself to maximize opportunity. Be prayerful. Be prayerful. <laughs> you know what? This afternoon, I stood in my office and I looked across the main road. And I remember many years ago before we came here, when we were in Tony Street, agents brought us to Obakran for a property. And they took us inside Guinness. There is a property that is somewhere at the back of Guinness. They took us there to buy for this church. When I saw this place, I said, no, 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 we don't need this place. And then I stood at their gate. And then somebody told me that this place where we are is also for sale. Is somebody hearing me right now? Because of always depth or deep in prayer, by the grace of God, I was able to see this place as the next appointed place for this ministry. While I stood at the gate, I looked towards this place. And I saw an opportunity here even though we have not entered this place at all. 
Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call unto me, I will answer you, and I will show you, I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know anything of. of. So in prayer, your eyes are open to see opportunity. Somebody say, living amen. amen. One of the greatest blessings I've seen in my life is God bringing my wife to me, for instance. My wife. Is somebody hearing me right now? I didn't know my wife from Adam. No. I was pastoring, living in Ilife, Oshun State, and she lived in Lorne. But my first contact with her struck in prayer. The following day, I began to pray. Holy Ghost, what are you saying? And the Lord said, that's your wife. In prayer, that's it. In prayer. Not that I began to ask people or uh, write letter or be making. No, no, no. I just knew. That's why when I said to her, I said, I want to marry you. Go and pray. She said, okay, I'm going to. I said, come back. Don't waste my time. You are the one. Say yes. Amen. Because in prayer, I've seen it. Glory be to God. So when you are always in prayer, your eyes are open to see opportunities. And one way to pray is to always pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Because when you are praying in the spirit, you have access to sin to the name of the spirit. That's what happened to you. Jude verse 20. He said, But you, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. In chapter 18 of Proverbs verse 4. Put it on the screen quickly. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 4. And chapter 20 verse 5 of Proverbs. It says, the words of a man's mouth, that's talking about praying the Holy Ghost. The word of a man's mouth, they are as deep as waters. I love that. They are as deep as water, and the words spring of wisdom as a flowing brook. When you are praying the Spirit, it's like, you know, look at it, praying the Spirit is like throwing a bucket inside the well to draw water out. Those of you that live in the village, you know what I'm talking about. You understand what I'm talking about? Do you understand what I'm saying? You take a well with a rope and then you throw it inside the well to bring water out. When you are praying the Spirit, it's like you are throwing bucket inside a deep well. That's what the Bible is talking about here. And then you are drawing the wisdom out. What natural eyes cannot see, you see it when you are praying the Spirit. Now look at chapter 20, verse 5, quickly. It's a counsel in the heart of man. It's like deep water. That's what the Bible is talking about there. Deep water. It's very deep. There is counsel in your heart. There are things for you to do now that you don't know. There are opportunities in your spirit that God has buried there. But when you are praying the spirit, you draw them out. Somebody say, living amen. You draw them out. I, when I pray in the spirit, I see a lot of things. I, most of the things that opportunities I've been privileged to enjoy in my life came while praying in the spirit. The Bible says, counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw it out. We draw it out. How do you draw it out? As you are praying in tongues. You are throwing the bucket inside the well. And then you are drawing out counsel. You are drawing out direction. You are drawing out guidance. You just know what to do. You will never take any wrong step again from today. Somebody say, living amen to that. So learn how to pray in the spirit. Learn how to pray regularly. And when you pray regularly, I can tell you something, you will always see opportunity. And you will always know how to maximize them because you'll be empowered to maximize them. That's one thing prayer does. You don't just see it, but it, maxim it empowers you to maximize opportunity. That is very key. Matthew chapter 7 verse 7, it says, ask and then you shall receive. Seek, you shall find. So in prayer, you are asking. In prayer, you are seeking. As you are asking what is happening, God is opening you up to opportunities. And then knock 
and the door shall be opened unto you. So be prayerful. Be prayerful. Number five, be diligent. Be diligent. Be diligent. Be diligent. There is no shortcut to financial prosperity without being diligent. Lazy people cannot prosper. I mean, the great woman of God, Gloria Copeland, said something that caught my attention some years back. He said, lazy Christian cannot prosper. Lazy Christian. Christian who will not work will not prosper. No matter how many hours you spend in prayer, there's a place for prayer, there's a place for working. Somebody say, living amen. There's a place for fasting, there's a place for putting your hand on the plow to work. Nobody will do the work for you. Is somebody hearing me right now? You have to work yourself. If you are not, if you are not hardworking, opportunity will never come your way. If they come, you run away. There are people that when you give them work, they run away. Come and sweep this place, they run away. Come and clean the floor, they run away. As you are running away from work, you are running away from opportunity without knowing. Say, see I die a man diligent in business? He shall stand before kings and not before mean men. See a man who is hardworking. He will encounter and collide with opportunity that will bring him before great men. Before great men. Make up your mind not to be a mediocre in what you are doing. Don't be a mediocre. Excel in what you are doing. Be the best in what you are doing. Put your life in what you are doing. Give your best to what you are doing. Somebody hear me right now. Don't do anything with a shallow attitude. Don't do anything anyhow. Let it just go. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. No, and cover it all. No. It will show tomorrow. It will show tomorrow. Lazy people don't go far. A scripture bless me. Chapter 14 of Proverbs 27. Put it on the screen. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 27. Proverbs chapter 14. Chapter 12, sorry, verse 27. Chapter 12, verse 27. The slothful man, look at this, roasted not that which he took in hunting. Oh, that would not be your portion. I said that would not be your portion. I said that would not be your portion. Took not that which he took in hunting. But the substance of the diligent man is precious. Now, let me tell you this, what the scripture means. How many of you have ever bought um, fresh grass cutter before? Grass cutter, animals, those uh, bushmeat. I mean, some of you are Lagos people. Bushmeat is very sweet. Real bushmeat. Where I come from, I mean, you eat bushmeat with pounded yam. I mean, that, that makes your day. Praise the Lord. Powerful bushmeat. I mean, they bring it from the farm direct. And then it enter the soup. Glory be to God. <laughs> you don't know what bushmeat is. Because you have been used to all these chicken that they killed 1,000 years ago. Most of the chicken we eat, they, they, are, they kill them, some of them 20 years ago, you are not aware. Yes, you are not aware. Some of the fish you are eating, they, they died 15 years ago. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God in the I'm telling you, I've told them not to be buying those chicken for me again. Let, I want to eat fresh chicken. Amen. God will raise you up today. <laughs> some of the turkey you are eating, all those turkey that you buy from um, frozen, uh, uh, what do you call a shop? I mean, I'm telling you, they have been there for 10 years, 20 years. That's it. Yes, they froze them and they brought them here. They died many years ago, some of the things you are eating. But bush meat, most of the time, they are fresh. All right? Especially when you live outside Lagos. Not the one you are eating now. Most of the ones you are eating now are Greek. They are not the original bush meat. The one you see in Lagos, they are not original. But when you go to where I come from, you see original. Now, hear this. 
When you see them by the roadside displaying them, they are always expensive in the money. Because the day is still ahead for them to sell. But when it starts getting to 5 p.m. in the evening, 6 p.m., the price will drop. Why? Because if they don't sell it that day, it will get bad. Are you following me right now? Now, taking a bushmeat without roasting it is laziness. God's word is saying here, a slaughter man will just go and kill. Won't add value to it. All right? And because he has no value to it, he's missing that opportunity of a better value or a better money that will be offered for that product. So what happened to him? He had to sell it. When you, ask, when you see them, you see those selling these things in the evening. If they call it 10,000 in the morning, you can buy it 1,000 naira in the evening. But if they have roasted it, add that value to it, it can last for several other days. Is somebody hearing me that? Not just that. The 10,000 naira you are going to pay before, you can pay 25,000 naira because they have roasted it. God's what he's saying here. Lazy people don't go far in life. That's the problem of Nigeria or Africa. The reason why Africa is poor and behind is because of slothfulness. Now, let me tell you what. Look at this nation, for instance. Today, by the grace of God, we have crude oil. We are blessed with oil in this nation. One of the most blessed nations in the world. But do we refine crude oil? No. That's slothfulness. That's what the Bible is talking about here. We take the crude oil, send it abroad. Eh? They will now refine it to us, refine for us, and add so much money to it. We will now buy it at an expensive price and bring it back again. That's a slaughter man. He does not roast what he's took in the hunt. You labor to go to the farm without roasting it. You need to be a Jacob generation, not an Esau generation. The Esau generation. They will be going everywhere, laboring and working very hard, but little to show for it. Is somebody hearing that now? They go to farm every day. They go to farm every week. They go to farm looking for the same thing to bring back home. But the Jacob generation does not go to farm every day. They go once. They go once. And once they go once, they don't just look for any, all the animals. They don't just look for, I mean, animals. They look for male and female, bring it back home. And then begin to tender them. And then from the house, they begin to multiply animals. Multiply. So they will not need to go back again to look for animals again. They roast every, I mean, they breed everything at home. And then anytime they need any food to eat, they take from among them. That was why Esau lost his blessing. While he was busy looking for animals to bring back for the venison, Jacob, who was a wise Diligent man had it at home, quickly made it and gave it to the father. You will not miss your blessing again. Grace to be diligent. Receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your amen be louder than that. Let your amen be louder than that. When we started our television ministry many years back, we had to hire an organization that was doing everything for us. You see, our first TV program was. Uh, was on LTV. Our TV station was on LTV in those days. Uh, I didn't know what, I didn't know anything about television ministry. Somebody came to our church that time in Tony Street and asked me, uh, how much is television program? So I mentioned the rate of the television. I didn't know that apart from the money you pay on te at the television, there are other things that goes into it. I didn't know. All right? The money you pay there is about 30, 40%. Of the other money that you are going to expend here. 
So, by the grace of God, the money came. So we pay LTV for three months. When we now pay LTV for three months, we needed to produce. Production is more expensive than the money you pay there. I didn't know. So, and we didn't have camera. We didn't have editing suit. We didn't have, I didn't know that you need camera. You didn't need this. I just think that you just stand somewhere and then you talk and then you go to television. Amen. I didn't know that. So, after making that payment, we now discovered that we needed so many things. What do we have to do? We, get, we got an organization that was recording us every Sunday. They record every Sunday. They package for us and put everything together. And we are paying them heavily every week. The slothful man roasted not that which you took in hunting. And then suddenly, I said to myself, this must stop. Glory be to God. This must stop. So, the money we should be paying there, we went and got the material ourselves, bought all the equipment, bought editing suit. Now, for your information, everything you see us producing on television, we produce inside this church. We don't pay anybody anywhere to do anything. Glory be to God. I mean, you see that by the grace of God, we are blessed every week. There are flyers coming out. I can tell you something. We were paying money every week, using money when we were going to produce flyers. Until one day, that's opportunity. You will never miss opportunity again in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs>